to the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs, an exclusive home of Cubs checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. It's your host, Elise Meneker, alongside our digital content man- manager, Tony Andraki. Hi, Tony. Good to see you again. Hey, good to see you. We have a lot to talk about because you and I actually were just chatting before this, and this is the first time that we're talking in the second half. So after the All-Star break, this is the first Cubs Weekly podcast. So we're recording this, what day is it now? Wednesday afternoon. Um, so we're coming off of a great comeback win. In this show, we also have a great interview. I'm really excited. We're going to talk to Iowa Cubs manager, Marty Peavy, who I get the chance to see when I do Iowa Cubs games. We have a few coming up in the next couple weeks on Marquee Sports Network. So be sure to stay tuned for those. But Tony, we're going to not just stay centered on the Cubs. Of course, we'll also talk Iowa Cubs, but but for now, let's talk about that comeback win and just how historic it was. You're at the game, so you're in St. Louis. So first, like, I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, what all that was like, what you saw, how everyone reacted. Yeah, so honestly, I thought the game was over. I, I mean, I think <laughs> most people did, like, judging by the fact I was seeing very few tweets about it and the Milwaukee Bucks were marching to the NBA championship. Yeah. Like that was all happening at the same time. The White Sox had a comeback going on. So like, you know, just being on Twitter, seeing all that happen, it was like the Cubs potential comeback against the Cardinals kind of seemed pretty low down on the, on the totem pole of importance in the sports world at the moment. And then Sergio Alcantara draws a bases loaded walk. And then Anthony Rizzo drives a base loaded walk and Javi Baez has a two run hit and Ian Happ has a two run hit. And it's like, bam, like the Cubs score six runs. They take the lead. Craig Kimbrell warms up in a hurry, comes out for his 22nd save of the season. It was like a half hour earlier. You were thinking this is just, you know, another Cubs loss here. And instead it's like this amazing comeback that we haven't seen in 21 years. And it's just, it was incredible. Like it was there were so many different aspects of the comeback that stand out to me. Some of the close pitches that guys took, the fact that Javi got to a three, one count and wasn't over anxious. And that's something he has been talking about as well. And just took his single instead of swinging for the fences. And then Ian Happ to come through as well. Like after the tough season he's had, the grind that he's been going through to come up with a big two run game winning hit like that. There were just so many aspects that like the guys were very, they were jubilant. They were excited on the field and giving each other high fives and, and chest bumps and everything coming off the field. Cause that's just not a game you expect to win. It, it's really not when you're down five runs, it's a six, one game. It wasn't like this back and forth affair. So it, yeah, it was really kind of just an incredible win and, and sports night overall. Yeah, you put, made a couple of good points there that when I was thinking about it, even like after the game and uh, this morning, the takes, the walks, um, that's something that they've been doing throughout this season, but it feels like it hasn't come together like it did in that ninth inning. So we'll see like individual at bats, but then maybe someone not, you know, getting a hit after that or the inning ends after that. So you're not really seeing like the results or sometimes maybe even in that at bat, they're not seeing the results they want, but there it was paying off. And I think also too, in the first half, we weren't seeing late comebacks. You know, they weren't there. We were waiting for these moments. And so to have a game like this, it was really refreshing. And like you said, I think just uh, with the way the last few weeks have gone, um, much needed, wanted for individual and team reasons. So uh, it had to be pretty cool to be there and to see that comeback and to get to kind of be a part 
of that excitement. But it's also exciting and interesting time for the Cubs because, um, of course, when was it? Right before the All-Star break, right after? I'm losing a sense of like time <laughs> days. But Jock Peterson gets traded to the Braves and people feel like, you know, that's just uh, one of the first trades that we'll see. So what are you hearing from the players? Because as you've been on the road with them as of late and how they're handling the day-to-day grind, not just on the field, but all that conversation off the field too. Yeah, I think that's the difficult balance. And to be honest, I don't know that it's a whole lot different from their perspective now than it was before because they knew the score. They understood that half of this roster has expiring contracts and is a free agent at the end of the year. So I think they understood, you know, the urgency and, and I think that led to some good moments in May that we saw. And it led to maybe some not so great moments where guys are pressing, where guys are trying to do too much. And we just talked to Javi a few days ago uh, that after the finale in Arizona, and he mentioned that he thought a lot of guys himself in particular are trying to do too much. They're trying to get the Homer and when a single will do, and you know, when a Homer is maybe a lot more improbable and take that singles. And like I mentioned, that's what he did, you know, Tuesday night in St. Louis. So I, I think they're doing the best they can at, at trying to focus on today and block out the noise, but it's really difficult. I mean, it's difficult for the fans. It's difficult for, for the media. It's difficult for the players, of course, and the coaches and David Ross and everybody to, to not understand what might happen over the next 10 days, like what guys might be gone. No, nobody knows that answer. And how much Jed Hoyer knows that answer right now because it matters, you know, what the possible return would be as well. So uh, there's just so much uncertainty and, and it's such a mystery that they're just trying to focus on one day at a time. So right now we're Wednesday. They're focusing on that. That's something David Ross has always excelled at. He preached when he was a player. Now he's doing it as a manager. And that's what I think they're just trying to get back to right now. So obviously very difficult thing to do. And then when you see it, like Chris Bryant come out of the game, everybody immediately goes, bam, he's, he's probably traded. Who's he hugging? Where's he going? No, it's just a hamstring fatigue. And, and he, you know, he's all right. And he's still a cub for now and stuff. So, you know, there, there's a lot of that unknown and, and dealing with that is definitely difficult for these guys. Yeah, no, for sure. The Chris Bryant stuff, even David Ross joked about it after the game saying like, yeah, he's like, I probably thought all of you'd be writing about that and trying to get answers. Um, but it really is. And probably will have the day off uh, Wednesday night as well as, you know, you kind of forget that he and Kimbrell were the two who really didn't get true time off playing in the all-star game. So now just trying to find what David Ross has been really good at finding those days to give guys off. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll be uh, an interesting next couple of weeks um, as it feels like the clock is winding down and, and there's anticipation for moves that, that could be made. Um, you have to think too about just like you were hitting on like the emotional side of it. So the day-to-day grind guys want to focus on baseball. That's their favorite thing. Uh, but this is a very, you know, it's that core group as we call it, that this could be the first time in a while that we don't see them together, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens, but it, it's also interesting then too, because as I do the Iowa Cubs games, um, you'd have to think that there's an opportunity or there could be down the road to see some of the guys that I've been getting glimpses at as I do games uh, to see more of them at the big league level. Now, someone who, you know, we've gotten to see is Justin Steele, for instance, as they're stretching him out as a starter. And I know Tony that he's someone you're excited to see come back up in that role. Yeah, definitely. As you were saying, at least like this is the first podcast, the second half. And I was 
you know, getting a few days off to like reset and think about, I was thinking about some of the interesting storylines and, and stuff that I'm going to be following for the second half of this Cubs season. And we know obviously the trades and whatever comes from that, you know, and who, who is dealt, who comes to Chicago, whatever it may be. Uh, but after July, you know, in August and September, I think it's the young pitching and how these guys develop and steel is a huge part of that. He's getting stretched out and to come up to, to this rotation here, whether he's ends up being, you know, like a four or five inning starter or a guy that could go six or seven, I think is a fascinating storyline. And then Keegan Thompson as well could be that guy uh, that either stays in the bullpen and kind of works on back-to-back days, or maybe they stretch him out as well and, and see him in the, and try his hand in the rotation. And then, yeah, Edward Alzali too. And some of these other young relievers, I know we, we talked to Marty Peavy about Ben Leeper and uh, some of the other guys in AAA Iowa that we could potentially see. So for me, I think it's the, the young guys and how they continue to develop and what kind of roles they, they're put into. And then, I mean, Patrick Wisdom is this really great story that has been a year and how he fits into the mix as well. Cause um, you know, we had this great talk with Marty Peavy about him. And, and I just think that wisdom has carved out a great role for himself. I'm curious to see where he puts himself in terms of the, the organization's future plans too. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and so as we talk about uh, the pitching, you're talking about the young guys and even I'll just kind of go off in another direction with it, the rotation and what that could look like. So we were talking about steel. Is he inserted as like an opener or a true starter who can, you know, fill multiple innings or just in general, what this rotation could look like over time, because right now, Jake Arietta on the IL, we talk about Steele. He could become the only lefty starter um, in this rotation if he's put in. So I think in general, just like the pitching and how you look at it and then how that could be, of, of course, like the domino effect when then you talk about the bullpen guys um, and after that. So uh, and then, too, with Patrick Wisdom, I also think Rafael Ortega. I think yeah. he's had some of the best at bats on this team. Uh, and I even would go back to pre all-star break. Like I was noticing that I think there were some games that I was doing. I think it was in Cincinnati. I think he got some opportunities. And then since then, obviously, I mean, last night having a key part really in the last couple nights, I feel like he's had some key walks, um, just some key plays also defensively. So uh, excited to see what guys like that who came up. Uh, from AAA what they continue to do because really we've been seeing it all season long so it's just it's almost like we just continue to in a way be surprised just because you're looking in baseball you're always looking for the consistency right consistency is key that's everything so to continue to see them produce uh, is exciting for this team yeah for sure and Ortega is like you said another really interesting guy here um he's been around a little bit he yeah I think he's 30 um years old and he obviously has some big league experience prior to this year but you know David Ross was just talking about him as well that he's been playing a little bit more because you want to kind of reward the guys that are playing well and he's been coming through with a lot of pinch hit at bats we saw a big, you know, RBI pinch hit. Um, I think it was in Arizona in the final game of that series. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, some big plays, like starting off the St. Louis series by, you know, going and making a catch right up against the wall uh, to rob at least extra base hits or extra bases from Dylan Carlson. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, Ortega has been playing good center field. He's been working a pretty good at bat overall. And in July, he's just been having a really good month. So, yeah, certainly, you know, you could see, him being a, at least a potential role player, you know, bench bat for the Cubs moving forward too. And just seeing how that continues to develop uh, the same thing with Patrick wisdom, like 
these are guys who, you know, are not free agents at the end of the year. They could become uh, a part of the, the next Cubs team in, in terms of whether that's a smaller role or a little bit bigger role. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how these guys play out and what they do taking advantage of that playing time that they receive. And then the, the last thing I would say to keep an eye on, too, is just we're talking about a lot of the, the big league players and rightfully so, but how it could impact and what the I-Cubs, because we're talking to Marty Peavy, he could have a very different team in a couple of weeks. Quite frankly, he's had a very different team throughout this entire season. Yeah. Uh, from the start of the season till now, if you think about it, he had Patrick Wisdom, he had Rafael, Te- Rafael Ortega, Sergio Alcantara. When I asked him one time, like, what would be your ideal lineup? He was like, I want those guys back. That's when they, you know, that was like the first two weeks of the season and then they were gone. Um, but then you even have the addition now of like Frank Schmandel uh, signed from the A's. And so I know it feels like in Iowa, they're starting to get like their own sort of core group. Um, and then you have to wonder now, how long will it look like that? What's, you know, could be a few weeks for some of these players, where could they be? Are they still going to be in Iowa? Could they be up with the Cubs? We'll talk to Marty Peavy about, like you mentioned, Ben Leeper. I always talk about Michael Hermosillo, one of the great hitters uh, down in Iowa. So um, that to me is also going to be interesting how Iowa kind of plays into it, because I think this is a time where you're going to have a little more interaction between the two levels. We've seen a lot of it already, even more so due to injury. But now with all the movement, we could see uh, how that impacts both clubs. Yeah, absolutely. It, like really throughout the entire organization, you know, we're seeing yeah, a lot of that. the summer leagues um, down at the lower levels of the minor leagues. Some of the prospects from the Darvish deal um, are really starting to to get some playing time. And uh, Reginald Preciado and Owen Cassie are playing well uh, right now, too. So, yeah, just really the development of all of these young guys throughout the entire system, the entire farm system here too. And as you mentioned, yeah, maybe the rosters could, could change quite a bit here over the next few weeks. So I think the unknown and the uncertainty, um, I get that there's a lot of anxiety that come to it with, for, for the fans, obviously we mentioned already with the players, but I think there's also this, you know, an intriguing quality to all this. What could happen? What could happen from here? What does that mean? The ripple effects from all of these moves. So that's what I'm really kind of locked in on and curious to see over the next at least 10 days, but then the weeks and months after. Yeah, no, I'm with you. There's a lot of good storylines that uh, could be coming up and are slowly developing if if changes are going to be made like we feel like, uh, you know, could be coming or anticipating. But with all that said, we did talk to Marty Peavy, manager of the Iowa Cubs. So stick around because right after this break, you're going to hear from him and all about what's going on in Iowa. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With Cubs checking, you'll score a Cubs debit card so you can show your support every time you pay. Open today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. And now Iowa Cubs manager Marty Peavy joins us on the Cubs Weekly Podcast. Marty, thank you so much for joining us. Excited to have you. Glad to be here. So first, let's just talk about this season and overall. How do you feel it's been going? Because the minor league season is back. As we know, you were at the alt site last year, but I have a season now this year. Just how's it all going? Good. I mean, you know, it was um, the first month was kind of a work in progress. You know, we we got the first month got canceled. Um but, you know, we've worked hard and these guys continue to work hard and uh, we've put together a, uh, in the last month or so, we've started to play better baseball. Marty, what was last year like for you, you know, at the alternate site and just without a minor league season, what was it like to, to go through that from your perspective? 
it was really awesome, actually, because um, if you think about it, the players got a lot of hands-on coaching, teaching. There was a lot of moments where we could just stop the we you know we played a lot of inter squad games, so you could just stop the game and and have a teaching moment, which was awesome. And um, you know we had a great group of coaches, instructors, teachers, and we also had a great uh, group of. Uh, of players. Speaking of just like the group that you have now back as manager, because you're at the alt site last year, you've been in the Iowa Cubs or at the Cubs organization since 2009. Now dealing with the big league team and David Ross as manager and all the up and down that we see this season. Can you explain what your communication with him has been like? Because this is really now the first quote, like normal season, we can really call it where the two of you are communicating as guys are going up and down. Yeah. He, you know, it's just a matter of him. He asked questions about players. I try to be as, um, as uh, instructive as I possibly can about those certain guys, depending on who it is a pitcher or a position player. And we communicate very regularly. He was saying to, uh, he was joking that, you know, you're a good friend, but he was kind of hoping he wasn't talking to you as much or as often as he was throughout this season, just with all the injuries and, and the ups and downs. Uh, from your perspective, with all those moves, the shuttle from Iowa to Chicago, how difficult is it or what is it like to manage a team when the roster is changing on a near daily basis here like this? Well, the main thing, the most important thing we have to do daily is make sure that the relievers, you know, we have a 33-man floating roster and we can have 28 active. So we have to make sure that relievers that are available that day are on that 28-man roster. Um, otherwise, I'm getting somebody up that can't play because he's not on the line, on the lineup card, you know, the umpire's card. So it's a, um, it's a constant check. It's a manager's nightmare to make sure that, you know, you got your closer up and he's hot and he's not on the card. Oh my gosh, what are you going to do? So it's a, I make the lineup. I hand it to Griffin who checks it. I hand it to RV who makes sure that the pitchers that are supposed to, that are available that night are on the card. And then I make sure that Desi looks and makes sure that we don't have, that we've got all the position players that are going to be available that night. So it's a, a constant battle to make sure the roster is correct. And I know at the big league level, um, it certainly seems like this year with the injuries, um, especially, you know, here, all like these hamstring injuries, just tweaks and pulls. And then you have had, uh, even now you have Matt Duffy and David Bodie rehabbing, uh, with you guys, you had Jake Marisnik, Jason Hayward, uh, because you've now been around the minor league system for so long, does this season feel any different than years past? Are you noticing like there's more injuries, more up and down? Well, I think, um, you know, everybody basically missed a whole year. And even at the big league level, they played 60 games. But that's not – that's, you know, a third of what they normally play. So uh, – or a quarter of what they normally play, I guess. Um, so it, it's been a little different. It's been a little bit um, – from our strength guy's perspective, it's been a little bit more difficult for him. You know, he's making sure – because we had – Oh, my gosh, at least we had a ton of injuries. Um, once the big league team left, we had so many um, lower body injuries that um, it was, you know, it's kind of 
I think it was industry wide. A lot of organizations had yeah. injuries, but especially uh, lower leg injuries. With uh, with Duffy and Bodie down there now, and and like Elise mentioned, you know Mariz and Hayward were there before. How do the veteran guys impact the group, and how has it been going? You know, how are Duffy and, and Bodie looking at the moment as well? Well, David Bodie and uh, and Duff are real professionals. They work hard. They get their work in, and they know what they have to do to be successful in the big league. So it's been a pleasure to have them here. And we also forgot Nico Horner was there too. So he was on that list. That was the first time that you had a chance to, to manage him. So what was it like having him? I'd have to think when you just described um, Bodie and Duffy as professional, you would use the same word for him. Well, Nico's uh, he's a, uh, He's uh, when he steps on between the lines, he's a, a gamer, a baller. He he wants to get out there and grind. He's a grinder and he's going to be uh, a grinder for the Chicago Cubs for, for a long time. One of the guys, too, we've been seeing grind. One of the guys we've been seeing grind for a bit uh, as well in the big league level is Patrick Wisdom. Uh, you got a chance to manage him, I know, for a few weeks and at the alternate site um, as well before he got the call up. But what can you say about your interactions with him and just watching him have the success that he's had so far in Chicago? Well, I, I told our farm director about, well, last year at the B side, I was like, you give this guy 500 ABs and he's going to hit 25 or 30 for you. I said, um, he just needs the opportunity. And I said, you know what? He can really play defense, too. He's got as true an arm as I've ever seen from third base. And I've seen him play center field and shortstop, too, when he was with Nashville and Memphis. Yeah, I feel like you're the least surprised person about Patrick Wisdom because you and I had a chance to talk about that last time I was in Iowa, that you're like, I mean, I told you, you just got to give him, you know, some consistent at bats and, and you're probably excited to see what he's doing. I am. I'm really, I'm, you know, I pull for all our guys, but yeah. uh, I'm, you know, he, since he's 21 years old, he, you know, he was grinding through the minor leagues, putting up numbers every single year. Um, mm -hmm. He just wasn't getting the opportunity. So, you know, unfortunately for us, we had injuries earlier in the year. He got his opportunities. He's starting to shine. Justin Steele is another guy that has received an opportunity. Uh, you know, he made his big league debut earlier this year, pitched out of the bullpen. Now after the hamstring, the, one of the lower body injuries you mentioned, he's working his way back, potentially impact the rotation as well. Um, how is that process going for him? And, and really just the, the growth you've seen from Justin over the last year, year and a half. Well, um, when he got optioned down, he took it in stride. He didn't take it like a lot of young guys do and was disappointed. Maybe he was in disappointed internally, but he didn't show it at all. And uh, he is, um, he takes the ball and he's really competes well. He's a seriously good athlete. That's probably why um, Rossi had him pinch running, you know, when he had the, uh, the uh, hamstring injury, because he's a really, really good athlete. Yeah, and he's one of the guys that has now gone up and down. Uh, we know that you're stretching him out as he started the last couple of games. So first, I just want to ask, you know, how you think. Um, well, I know Tony's asking how it's gone, but just, you know, what it's like having him there, that stretching out process, just kind of everything that goes into that. Because for those who don't know, your rotation has been in flux this entire season. So it's nice to have him in that starting position, but you can also feel it's going to be like other guys where you're, you're setting them up to basically go back up to the big leagues. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's, um, 
we want him to have success. We know he can have success out of the bullpen, but um, developing him as, him as a starting pitcher and helping impact our starting rotation, the big leagues, is going to be a, a, you know, a huge bonus for us down the road. Stick him in the middle of the rotation and it breaks up those right-handed starters. You mentioned too just how Justin took it in stride, and what are some of the convos like with some of the other uh, maybe more inexperienced pitchers that have gone back and forth, like the Tommy Nance, the Corey Addis, the McGill's. Tony, can you repeat that? I, I lost you. Somebody was trying to call me. Sorry. No worries. Um, I was just curious the the conversations you mentioned Justin took it in stride that he was optioned down, but some of these other guys with you know, uh, Corey Abbott, Tommy Nance, Trevor McGill, some of the more inexperienced guys to kind of shuttle back from Iowa and Chicago. What have those conversations been like for you? How have you seen them handle that? Well, it's always exciting, you know, when guys get their first call up, um, our second call up, our third call up. Um, they know the deal. They know that uh, they want to go up there and they want to go to the big leagues and impact the club. Um, sometimes it's as, as a fill-in for a guy that maybe – tweak something or maybe has a small injury. So uh, RV does a fantastic job of getting those guys prepared to pitch in the big leagues. It's been great. Well, speaking of prepared, uh, Ben Leeper has been a pleasant surprise on your team. And what a story he is. I mean, again, for people who don't know, he has had a couple of Tommy John surgeries. He has also had a few surgeries beyond that. Uh, undrafted to now a key part um, in that bullpen for you guys. Just explain, you know, what you've seen out of him and what he brings to your team. Well, uh, Ben's like a, he reminds me of a uh, 10 year vet. You know, he, he, he prepares extremely well. He's got his own uh, little program that he's kind of tweaked to be able to get ready in, you know, 12 pitches rather than, his normal routine and it's uh, showing dividends now and he's going to impact the big league club at some point. And I want to just ask, we were talking about the conversations that you have with guys. Um, we're talking a lot about your team, Marty. I just want to know what's, what's your favorite part. What do you love about managing the Iowa Cubs, uh, uh, this role that you have? Well, uh, I mean, you know, seeing the joy on a player's face when, they know that the hard work they put in their whole life from travel ball to little league and, and, uh, and beyond, uh, when they get the, the call to the big leagues, you know, they're, um, they're joyous. Um, I've seen tears of joy and, and, um, just, it's, it's, a, it's very refreshing in today's day and age. Yeah. I talked to Marty, like Marty and I can talk forever about not just baseball, but last time I was there, we were talking forever about catching. Mm -hmm. So I, Marty is a great, I, first of all, thank you for everything. When I go to Iowa, he's so helpful. Um, he'll always give me anything I need, but then I know that we can, we can talk for hours if we had the time about baseball. So <laughs> we've had a chance to do that, which is great. And again, we really appreciate the time with Marty. Always great to talk to him. I'll be seeing him uh, for a couple of weeks coming up in Iowa. But that'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and check us out in video form on the Marquee Sports Network app. Thanks for watching.